Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. We don't have Hector today because um, there was a whole thing that happened with, we were meant to have a, a guest on and, um, and he just bailed like an hour before we were going to record it. Um, so we didn't do a normal episode. And then it occurred to me that um, for a long time, I've been meaning to interview uh, my very good friend and uh, former and kind of semi-current bandmate, Mr. Barney Boom. How's it going, Barney? Very good. How are you? I'm, I feel like I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking at myself and I'm thinking I'm looking quite pink because I've just had a shower. I've been to the gym and I had a shower and I'm just looking at myself and I'm thinking I look kind of like somewhere between a prawn and a newborn Russian. But I think that. Uh, <laughs> so if, if did... anyone, if people can look past the pinkness, I'm good. <laughs> well, I just uh, have my brother here, so we've been doing. Um like florida things so i've got a bit of a tan i don't usually have a tan i'm usually hiding away in my studio and but um recently uh the last week or so we've been doing outdoorsy things so nice and is it hot there because it's not hot here it it, it's always hot here there's a uh there's i have a t-shirt a game of thrones t-shirt that says winter is not coming (laughs) (laughs) well nice yeah does that help (laughs) yeah yeah it's in the summer it's it's really hot and in the yeah. winter, occasionally there's like a day when you can wear more than a t-shirt. That's basically where we're wow. at. Yeah. The Everglades. I know about the Everglades. Very humid, isn't it, in Florida? Yeah. But you came not that long ago. You did um, the walk tour about four or five years ago, didn't you? You were like right. Yeah, but I, I didn't come. Oh. I went on it. That's a whole. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Oh right, I didn't. Know I that. didn't do it. Jumping in at the deep end here with these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, but, yeah. Let's start at the beginning then. Um, so uh, how, did, how did we meet? Can you remember how we met? Yeah, through Justin. Um, I met Justin at uni, um, who knew you from home and the musical circles when you were a kid in probably school and college or, yeah, college, I guess. And then we were all like... You were in the first year at uni. I think I was uh, in, maybe I was probably in the first year of my uni, but I had two years out, so I was a little bit older. Uh, yeah. When you're 18 and you're 20 or 17 you're 19, that seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, it so really does. It was through Justin, and uh, the first time we met, I met you, he brought you to a saxophone with my old, with, with the old band, that you weren't part of, but then obviously Sonic Room 6 came along later and that you were very much intrinsic in that and part of it and part of the whole concept of it and part of the genesis of it. It was like, this is a band with Ben in, with Ben's co-songwriting and, and all that. But yeah, yeah, the first time we met, you sax player and we were just us, but then very quickly we got talking and realised that we were both interested in free parties and raves and drum and bass nights and, and, and the club culture in the way me and you were particularly into. And uh, Layla and Neil and Dave weren't quite as quite as knee-deep in that. And we, we then started going parties together, didn't we? And started hanging yeah. out beyond the band, beyond punk even, and in the sort of dance and free party thing. So yeah. that's I think that's why we were dr- drawn to each other. We were both wanting to throw ourselves into that. Yeah, and I think we both shared that kind of fascination with the the concept of of somehow want, being able to blend the two worlds. And, and, you know, I was really... Yeah. When I was... Before I'd met you, I was... Um, I was nowhere near as proficient in terms of like rock stuff, but I, but I had been doing it, my, you know, for many years. Um, and, you know, I could play guitar and all that kind of stuff, but I'd never really done anything, you know, toured with a band or anything like that. I just played guitar and been yeah. part of like two bit outfits kind of thing. And, um, and I was, I was really, my whole brain was kind of, um, I had this, this sort of grand dream, like you have at that age of, of being able to make some kind of music that 
that incorporated all musics. You know, <laughs> like so. Yeah, I had yeah. this sort of yeah. fantasy of uh, of being able to combine it all and uh, you know and finding the answer through that somehow. <laughs> yeah, 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 and that's because you sort of at some point, especially when you're younger, you think you're the only person that uh, likes all this music and could possibly bring it together. And then when you get a little bit older, which is what, what happened with Sonic Move 6, I, I kind of went, I don't know, that's never going to be possible. There's always going to be shit that you listen to on your own. I listen to Japanese film score composers, and that might intrinsically influence me, but I'm not going to go to Sonic Move 6 at rehearsal and go, hey, minimalist uh, Japanese uh, elevator music is a new thing. There's always some shit you've got to leave behind. But I think what I realised with the dawn of when we started Sonic Move 6 was those particular things can go together. And this particular group of people can do this in a way that's going to make sense to certain kinds of people. So the, it, it, the, there's definitely a point when you, yeah, like, because I, I absolutely was like that where, we, we're a melting pot. One song's this, one song's that. That's kind of what Grimace was at the very beginning, which was the very first band, when it was like just me, Layla, and Neil and, and Dave, and it was like funk tune, and then it was rock tune, and, and then you did, ah, oh, the reggae tune, and, da, 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 and it's like, oh. And you see it now, you still get local bands where they're like young kids, and they'll play one of each different genre, and then you kind of realise, no, what you've got to do is invent yourself, like, and it can... It can branch off and, and, and do different things but a band needs to be a cohesive like statement and a brand as as, as wanky as that sounds because all successful bands are yeah every, every band has, has a way you can describe it and a way that you you can see it fits in with other stuff even right. if something's completely original it's cut from whole cloth you could still draw parallels to it do you know no, you're right and i think that um one of the things that i always thought was really cool about your music taste is that um and the thing that drew you to scar was the the way that it did take people from different upbringings you know d different sort of racial backgrounds different like i mean in england's case kind of like almost like class backgrounds and and bring them together and um and uh and and that sort of you know, I know that the specials are really important to you. You actually wrote a thesis on the specials, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote it, my, uh, yeah, the, the, the dissertation at uni, yeah, the long one you have to write, I think it's like 10,000 words, maybe it's 20. I wrote that on the specials influence on the prodigy, blur and the streets and how that culture um, informed pop music like of the 90s specifically in it was when gorillas was first coming out so it must have been 2001 specifically in relation to mixing black music the urban side of things or what whatever you know mobile awards one extra mixing it with the rock and i've seen that you know especially the streets and the prodigy were doing that in an influence by the specials and that, that absolutely draws parallel to what we were doing because yeah. I've got no, I don't want to, this is not disparaging, but I feel that once the, whereas Jerry Dammers was obviously very sort of crashing, not, 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 no, he, he was someone to a, to a, to a, a very clear extent didn't want to look back and he sort of doesn't want to, but any band after the sort of specials and after that initial two-tone movement that carried, that was a new band that did, two-tone scar in the 90s they're not really doing to me uh philosophically what the specials were doing because yeah. they're taking this already blended thing and, and and not making new blends of new music and and new cultures so there's nothing wrong with that it's just yeah i think that the, what the specials did what the two-tone thing did with us what we were looking at it it was uh that that's a blueprint for what you sort of can do yeah. um and yeah, yeah exactly as like an aesthetic as a as a as a philosophical approach so it's um yeah you yeah. take uh, and and part of the thing that you know i think inspired you and and when you said it to me it inspired me too was that there were these these diff people from um very different uh sort of heritages if you will but that grew up together on the same street and then that blend kind of creates this yeah 
created this music and um and then and we we were sort of sort of despite the fact that i definitely didn't grow up on the same street as you we were sort of trying to do the same thing just bring what we all had to the band clash it together and yeah. kind of, you know see what happened kind of thing yeah there was there was never any there was never any trying to be anything there was never okay well we've got to be like this so we need to hide this person's background or do this or do that it always just what just was we're just going to be ourselves yeah, yeah. Uh, so, for better or worse I'm doing like a yeah totally I think we made a rod for our own backs with that a little bit. We maybe we could have styled us, stylized ourselves a little bit more. But I tell you what, it was pure. It was pure. It really was. Yeah. And um, the uh, one of the things that um, you know, I look back on when it, you know, because I think about Sonic Boom Six all the time, and you know, it's not like you guys aren't vital at the moment. Just brought a new album out, but you know, it's um, I, the, the, I look back on the years I spent doing it all the time you know i think about it all the time and now we're speaking together a lot more i am thinking about it even more and um and and really fondly and you know just we had some good days man I'm, we were young and, and kind of maniacs and all super competitive and stuff but i thought we had a really good time <laughs> i don't know over yeah. the years yeah i don't yeah competitive probably is all that that's yeah uh, that's certainly not the first thing i would I, I would think of with it but certainly maniacs yeah <laughs> 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 a word that is like yeah well i suppose yeah i suppose it was competition and there was yeah when you're that when you when each of you has that much influence on each other's not what's the word not responsibility but that much, when each of you has that much um not significance but um when what what you do affects the other people yeah. so much there's always going to be there's always going to be an underlying anxiety between you yeah. because at, at some point, you know, that it's, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. So you either pressurize each other, you know, as, as the case may be, or then you, you know, you, yeah. It, it, and, and bands, that is, that's what it's like being in a band. It's, it's just a mad family, isn't it? So it is, uh, it's like yeah. being married to a bunch of people. It, it's the kind of thing that's been said a million times, but it's absolutely yeah. true. It's like a, it's a, it's, it's a very, it's, it becomes a very deep relationship, you know, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, and, and you know, uh, after, I know that after leaving the band, I don't think I really recovered from leaving it for year for years, years, you know, because yeah. it was why I cared about it so much. Um, but um, yeah. Anyways, um, these days uh, we've been making some music together again, which makes me so unbelievably happy. But you know, I've got talking about what you're saying about kind of um, you know making um, sort of more traditional scar not being in the vein of the specials. It definitely isn't. But there was a, there was a part of me that wanted to uh, wanted to do something trad well. I just wanted I I wanted to like. I wanted to just prove I could do it almost. It's weird. It was, I just proved to myself that, you know. Yeah, but yeah, because there's a, there's a different, it's a whole different thing uh, going, I'm going to take this music with its, uh, with its rules and its conventions and it's, uh, yeah, and, and, and do something with it that's at once creative and interesting, but at once pays tribute and sticks with and isn't afraid to use ideas that have already been used but put a new twist on them because sometimes you get into that situation when you make music it's like oh i can't do that because it's been done before oh, i can't do that because it's been done before and uh kind of everything's been done before it's sometimes nice to take that pressure off yourself and just go okay this is what i naturally like and this is what i would write uh yeah yeah exactly that's kind of that that was a part of it and also just um I, I've always sort of uh, kind of had this sort of admiration for the 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 records that Chris Murray made just because they're just like high quality scar, you know, and I just wanted yeah, to do yeah. something that was kind of like like that. And so I've been giving a shot. It has deviated a little from that now. But um, but the first couple of tunes with that, I think it's going to end up being quite interesting. I, I managed to persuade you guys to be on a few tunes. I'm stoked about that. But um, you know what? enough of me let's talk about um you guys's new record what's going on with the new sonic beam six well, we are, we've, only done a, we've only done a single so what we did uh we've been trying to write all the way through, all the way through lockdown um so for the last <laughs> since we did 
the F-bomb and I think that come out in, oh no, 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 it was Cardiac Address, which came out, I think, 2017. And that was just a DIY thing that we wrote in a couple of weeks and just that, that was a real little sort of, sort of like thing for the fans that want like a proper album, right? And then since then, we've been writing, but, you know, all the COVID things happened and then we've all got lives and then this and that, and then no one was really spearheading it and I wasn't doing that much. Especially with, with with what everything that was happening with COVID and the politics around it and the air uh, and the um just the, the the way that the world just felt really like it was just off its center and it was yeah. just what so I didn't feel I felt like if you write a tune now about this, by the time it comes out, it's gonna be irrelevant because some some other Fuckery is going to have happened. Are we allowed to swear on this? No, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Fuckery. Well, some other fuckery was going to have happened, whatever. So I just could not write nothing. And whatever I was trying to write, it felt very sort of inconsequential because everything seemed so crazy at the time. Yeah. There was one tune, the one tune that we've got that's going to be on a new album. And it's called Where Do We Start? And it's the start of the album. There's, there's not, there's not, we're not even finished recording it yet. And, that, and the tune's just like, where do we start to make sense of this? And it's, it's kind of cool, kind of conceptual. Yeah. So that was the only tune we could write. And then we had all these riffs. So we had maybe like 15, 20 riffs or whatever. And um, then we made these quite polished demos. But it just wasn't that exciting. And then we, we just threw knocking stuff about it was suggested, we'll just bring a single out so you can get some music out and do a tour around it and then see what happens. Yeah. So we've done these two new tunes. Uh, one's called Future Shock and one's called One of the Boys. Future Shock, is all, the video is already out, but it's coming out next Friday. So it's a double A-sided single. Future right. Shock is literally just about Jesus Christ, like social media and technology as just... People have not learned to communicate properly on it. This is an evolution. This is a huge evolution. And we're all talking about AI at the moment, but this is an evolution of human beings learning. And I feel like a lot of us have learned this, but a lot haven't. But your boomer generation is worse than we are, where they don't understand that. And it's a bigger philosophical thing. It's like if you. Just the, the the anger clicks and the hate sharing and this person says this about this. Oh my god, that person said that about that. Oh, they're so sensitive, they're so woke, they're so this, they're so that. And then on the other side, you know, oh my god, we'll cancel this, cancel that. People haven't learned, oh, there's all these different opinions, and I disagree with them. And um we shouting at strangers on the internet is not helping anyone it's making the world a, a more difficult place to live in and that's what's future shocked about and it's almost like i've had to purge that out of me and it's kind of quite centrist i was kind of worried that when it released we'd get some people be, that were being like because there's one line where it says take me back in the day because uh, i remember the day and all of the things we could say and i, I thought oh maybe that sounds a little bit like i'm saying we used to be at a call you know say unpeaceful things but it really wasn't it was just more of the idea that if you meet someone, and I still feel like this, if you meet someone, we, as human beings, when you look in someone's eyes and you deal with them across the table, you go for a curry with your neighbours and the, 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 my bloody, uh, the, 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 he's, he's, he's like a workman by trade. He'll start coming up with some, mad stuff about immigrants or nothing hugely bigoted or hateful, but just yet we'll start coming out with that stuff and you'll go, Oh, but mate, da, 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 da. but on the internet, you won't do that. Be, oh, you're wrong. Oh, you're hateful. Da, 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 da. And I feel like, um, through physical contact and, and conversation, human beings have developed this amazing way of being able to meet in the middle yeah. and the digital world takes that away from people. And, they get very comfortable in their anger because because of unhappiness, because of trauma, because I know I sound such like such a hippie, but I'm having therapy, so I'm starting to think about these things. I've, I've had to, because that's isn't pan, pan and the whole the the lockdown and the pan the pandemic thing, but 
I think that, uh, that, that people are going to have to evolve and understand because so much of this hate, hatred and so much of this binary right wing, left wing, woke, liberal, uh, gammon, da, 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 so much of this dichotomy and hatred has been caused by the internet because people have found people with fringe beliefs on the extreme that they can put themselves in a pool with and and decide that either they are righteous and they are right and we are right because we feel this way about certain issues or we hate these and we were allowed to say this and we're allowed to say that about trans people and we're allowed to say that because um, this other person hates them. The internet has been... It was not like this 20 years ago. Like, no. we thought the world was getting better. When we started something, we thought the world was getting better. Yeah. 9-11 was the worst thing we'd ever seen. Yeah. And now, the, 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 the world, because of... The, the, because I'm not just going to say social media, but because of online interaction, it's distorted people's very experience of life itself yeah. in terms of... they. they want to if they want to believe that London is it I think I see more violence and threat in Manchester on a Saturday night than I did living seven years in London but if you read Twitter and you see these right-wing provocateurs see, I'm not just going to say right-wing but provocateurs there's all these oh well you know London is now a war zone where everyone's stabbing each other see nothing obviously it happens and obviously it happens in in some of the poorer areas where gentrified uni boy ass doesn't live you know what i mean i'm not i'm not not aware of that but you don't live there neither and you're going on about it because you've read about it and your view of the world is completely distorted so that future shot's about and then one of the boys is just more of a funny scar punk drum and bassy scar kind of it's pure bumbling happy silly BBC Radio 4 comedy piss take of uh, one of the boys, the old boys network, and we've got such a badass video coming for it. We've got this guy oh, that does sick. political animation. He does political animation, and it's got like all us as like puppets, and then it's got Boris Johnson, and he's got this, he's, he's, he's way worse than we are. He's like, we're going to stick it to the Tories, and he's, he's got like, uh, there's a line that says, uh, uh, just give him a reason, and there's a and there's a some well, I can't remember the words now. Just give them a reason, and there's a something for anybody who learned Latin at Eton, and um, meaning like a cushy job for anyone that learned Latin at Eton. And he's brought, he's got, a, <laughs> he's got Jacob Reese Mogg in the video there. He appears, and then he's the word bubble that says "mea culpa." <laughs> made me laugh. So that's going to be coming out next Friday. So we've got these two new tunes, but I've just written. I just got a new iPad. I've written, like, most of the F-bomb I wrote on iPad, but I've just... It, might, it was an old iPad, you know, the, 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 the get to, you know, it, 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 when you put GarageBand on, it says synchronising audio, and you're there for about 10 minutes. So I've got a new one, and I've written three songs. One of them I want you on, uh, yeah. on saxophone and, and vocal harmonies as well. Because, I mean, I've not spoke to Nick about this, but <laughs> I'll tell him. I, I Because there's certain things, like... On floating away and on piggy in the middle, when you and Layla sing together, it had this because you had that. You've got this nice, mercurial, beautiful, very in tune voice, but then there's a bit of a there's a male edge in a, and a but it's also you you've got you, you've got this yeah there's, there's a greatness to your voice where it adds an extra layer of emotion on top of Layla. So I, I, I'm hearing some of these punk choruses. The, the 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 what we're writing now is just it just sounds like the first album. It's a bit it's a bit different. It's not as it's not. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's got. A, <laughs> it's it, it, we are listening to the, the old, old stuff. It's kind of it's going to be returned to that. So yeah, I've written three yeah, new tunes in a week. Two of them are two of them are killer. So I mean, yeah, that, we're back that's on like, it. We, we did that. That's why you guys are good at. That's what the band's good. It sounds. You know, and it's fun, sick music. People like. I think I'm glad, glad to hear it. And the stuff I've heard that, um, that uh, you, you know, like the the newest single and stuff, and the few things you sent me because I did a bit of horns here and there, just sounds sick. I think mean, he's just killing it, man. You know, I yeah, think we're gonna do that. that. Yeah, we're gonna do that. Um, there's gonna be a tune with you on it with the with the rap tune. We've already, yeah. you've already got your version on that. That's definitely gonna go on it. So. I don't and even yeah, know if I made it. I don't even know if I made it onto um, that the one that came out because I did a sax bit for it and there is horns in it, so it might be in there somewhere, but I'm not sure. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, because um, it's not out yet, and not I mean, that that's what's talk about off the uh, off the record <laughs> a little bit. It's not. It's nothing uh, bad on you at all. It's just uh, you know it, these things are a process, aren't they? And there's always. Uh, Layla always says it. I can't remember what she says. She says. Uh, she goes. Uh, let's go through it and let's decide what was good and what, and let's look at our could be betters. So oh, there you go. could be better in terms of our process this time. That I, I'll, I'll relate to you. But, oh, yeah. that's interesting. That's really cool, actually. Yeah, I, 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 the thoroughness. One of the things I remember about being in the band was just the how thorough everything was, especially the the lyrics. You know, it was always like down to the wire, and it wasn't down to the wire because you haven't been thinking about it constantly. You had been thinking about it constantly, rewriting it, changing it, rewriting it, changing it. And it was the same yeah. with the artwork and everything. I always thought, I always admired the uh, attention to detail in the band, you know, to, to get the point yeah, like, yeah. As, close to, as close to what you're really trying to say as possible, you know. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's a shame, isn't it? Because I got, I sent you that picture of you from Arcade Perfect. And I was, li- I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like, that's so sad that that's not part of people's experience of music now. Because yeah. that booklet thing, and it, the weird thing is, it's almost like, the, yeah, the cover the cover is actually really good, but with the actual booklet, and do you remember I had that, um, who bought me, I think it was my sister, um, bought me like a Chinese communist revolutionary uh, notepad, and it yeah. had all that sort of artwork on it. And I was like, right, this is what the album's going to be, and we'll do pictures of us, and we... It's so good when, because sometimes that doesn't happen. Like, with, same with this one of the boys video. This has happened. You go, here's my idea. Let's do it. Yeah. And when it ends up and you're like, whoa, that's... Uh... Whereas Rough Guide, it was a completely different thing. Uh, we went out with uh, Adam Tickle, do you remember? And he yeah. took all those pictures of him in Bristol. And he was just like, I've got it. I'll do it. And then he sent us that cover. And we were like, all right, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Totally, There's a few yeah. different ones. Yeah, I remember we we was we stayed at my mum and dad's house the night before. I got really drunk and I woke up in the morning with like a bright red nose, and I was like gutted because uh, we had yeah. nose. <laughs> it was cold as well, wasn't it? it was yeah, cold yeah, yeah. I'm re- I'm really red on them as well. Yeah, I've got like red cheeks, but yeah. that kind of it's it's almost like we were a little bit we were always a little bit abashed about doing that sort of uh, graffiti th- graffiti holding our caps and baggies and that. We we were kind of like, that's so obviously what Sonic Room 6 is, but we kind of wanted not to always do that. But then yeah. that day we were just like, no, let's do it. And it worked out It worked out right. And it's like, okay, yeah, that was us. But yeah, I mean, in those early days, the way we, uh, well, all right, we're going to be red, black and white, red, black and white for that first two, for the, for the demo and then the album. And then with Arcade Perfect, we went, well, we're now Chinese revolutionaries. We're gonna gonna dress in camo. That was brilliant, and yeah, yeah I, I loved all that. And then there was and that then, phase then we when we were like yellow and like, what was it? Is that <laughs> black and yellow for a bit? Wasn't it? Black and yellow. I forgot about that one. Yeah, black, <laughs> yellow, and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black and yellow. Yeah. And then I think there was like a a period of time where I insisted on dressing like so I was in no comply for a while. With like like a black hoodie and like the train driver's hat, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was good. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like the you get really influenced by who you're on tour with, you know, in, in of terms of how you want to dress. I think we got more rock as time went on because we were spending so much time with rock rockers. Well, no, it's what I would say because because it was free. Because we yeah. go and support Howard's Davis, and at the end of the night, you go, "Can I have one of them t-shirts?" That was what it was, and none of us had money to be spending on clothes. I remember when I first sort of started spending money on clothes, you know what I mean? It, that would yeah. have been about like 2010 or something. But before then, everything was free. Yeah. Because oh. at, at that point, we'd start being able to pay ourselves a little bit from the band or, or at least not be just complete, at least have PDs and shit and, and, and staying in, in, in the odd hotel. No, yeah, totally. I, I remember you were much better at looking after your clothes than me as well. Like because I, I, I was the same thing. I had never had any money for clothes, and and but you had all these techniques for keeping your shoes nice and stuff like that. So you managed to like always look nice. Uh, um, but I just hadn't. Boarding school hadn't taught me that, so I was fucked. But um, yeah, the uh, 
I, those years, yeah, it was, it was, you know, completely broke. But I feel like, I don't know. Is there anything like that? I suppose I do not like being able to buy, buy things these days. But am I any yeah. happier? I think I'm a little bit happier. You know, the, one of the things that, that was rough when you have absolutely no money is just that constant fear of, like, a bill that's unpaid, you know? There yeah. was always that yeah. thing hanging over your head all the time. There's tension and anxiety in that, yeah, the... the... It's all that can only be experienced by someone when they're in that in that position as well, and uh, and you see that you know politically in terms of stuff that's going on, especially with people that have got no money. Like I know I I I get paid. Uh, look at it above the national average. I'm having to move house because I can't afford it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so how how's anyone else doing? I don't yeah. spend a lot of money on clothes and going out. I mean, spend a bit, but. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, no, it's rough, man. Um, over here, like the food is insanely expensive these days. And gas, yeah. is gas, like, is it, it? People will say it's expensive, but it's nowhere near as expensive as it is in England. <laughs> so it's a kind of a bit, <laughs> yeah. a bit richer to say it is. Like, um, uh, when people complain about the gas, I'm like, oh yeah, it's it's nearly as much as it was in England when I left. <laughs> like now. <laughs> It's funny. Yeah. But um yeah, because but the thing about America is you have to drive everywhere, so it's a bit different, you know. Driving, yeah. driving's just like you don't really have a choice. In Florida, if you can't drive, you're you're basically like a hermit. You can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Well I remember that because remember when we went to America, there was a couple of times where uh I'm very much a walker. I need I like having a, a walk, I like it, you know, it's like I've got I go to the cinema at least once, maybe twice a week, and it's thirty five minutes up a hill. And then people, honestly, people think I'm mad. They're like, "What you walk, walk there? What you walk, walk to, to the cinema?" Okay, let me get this straight. You walk, like, yeah, I enjoy that. I get my podcast on. It's a bit of exercise, and I find I can focus. Um, otherwise, thoughts all over my head. So yeah, I like a walk, and 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 and. But in America. There was three times. Once when <laughs> once when I was walking across, uh, oh, I don't know if, if you were on this one. Once I was walking, there was like a subway. No, I don't think maybe you were in the band. Um, were you in the band where Matt Reynolds was playing guitar? No, because that's why he was playing guitar. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was there. And I walked across the motorway <laughs> the freeway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh there was like a grassy verge in the middle and I stepped in it and it was like a pool and I fell in and, and uh, I was oh, like no. right up to my crotch. Yeah, and then I went across <laughs> and I that. Yeah, there was that one, but there was the other one where I think you were there, where we were in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. Like not Caesar's Palace, but a bit of a shonky one. And yeah. we went to, it was when Brock Lesnar was fighting uh, George St. Pierre, or was it Randy Couture? It was the big, second big Brock Lesnar UFC fight, and he was fighting that that day. So I wanted to go over and just see the building. And then um, we went outside, and then the security <laughs> got us, and we were like trying, just because we were walking through the car park, and they were like, where's your car? And we were like, we don't got a car, we were, in, we were in this, you know, we were in this thing. And they, they like grilled us, they brought the woman over, and it was like, yeah. what? What you what do you think you're doing walking? Because like, we were like, we're gonna walk through that thing and then walk. You see it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You could see UFC, yeah. and it was like yeah, golden arches, and uh, they they were like, this this is an affront to the American flag. <laughs> uh, it's it's not, very not weird. Use... It's very weird. Yeah. Like, walking just it's not set up for walking really. Round but the little bit where I live, there's some okay walks and stuff, but. Roads get very big very quickly, and it, it, you know there's not you, you know quite often there's not really a path next to them and stuff, and and it's just unusual to see people. You see quite a lot of people cycling these days, but, but like yeah. walking isn't. It, it, I don't know. I I go on loads of walks. In it, when um in COVID, I was that's pretty much all I did was wander around. For like wander around. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I I walked quite quite some. I walked into London when yeah, when you weren't allowed. I worked, walked from my house in Crouch End into like London Centre, you know, the old 28 days later thing. That yeah, was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Ollie was doing the same thing. I'm, 
for the listener who doesn't know about my friend Ollie, I um he lives in in uh in London too, and he he did the same thing. He's just kind of wandering around this kind of desolate, strange city with no one in it. So it was the weirdest thing. Crazy, ever. Yeah. yeah. One Music is happy to announce our partnership with the third annual Punk Rock Flea Market to hit Fort Pierce. Starting at noon on December 2nd, don't miss the event that's packed with a variety of independent vendors, artists, unique small businesses, and awesome food and drink, all at a family-friendly event. Featuring music by Dial Drive, FWA, The Problem Addicts, Human Error, Colorblind Dinosaur and Constant Throw. Hosted at Tipsy Tiki, this local outdoor venue has undergone a makeover with the same owners as Fort Pierce Cider Works. Bands will blow you away with some great music on their newly renovated stage. So come out and support local music. We are also sponsored by Oasis Root. Now, Oasis Root Carver Bar is in Seagrape Square on Indian Town Road. And it is a carver bar. If you don't know anything about carver, it's a Polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water. And it has been in Polynesia for potentially thousands of years. It's, a, it's an old thing that um, they used for kind of ceremonial and also um, sort of ledger purposes. It, it's meant to be something where you know that brings people together. Um, you all take a, a shell of carver and chink them together and say bula and have it together like that. It's meant to be something to bring people together. It uh, has a kind of an effect, which is, I guess, a kind of a slightly warming effect. Uh, it just kind of makes you feel uh, uh, nice. It's not 
particularly intoxicating. It's not like drinking alcohol. So the atmosphere in a kava bar is sort of like um, a cross between a regular bar and uh, a coffee house. It's pretty chill in there. Um, you get all sorts of different types of kava bars. Some of them are more like a club, you know, this sort of like black light and EDM playing. And some of them are more like a cafe. This is one of the cafe type of ones. It's it's super chill in there. If you're looking for somewhere to, I don't know, maybe go and do some work on your laptop or go and have a chat with friends, it's perfect for that kind of thing. There's a foosball table in there if that's your jam. Or baby foot, as they call it in France. And... Uh, yeah, Jim, the owner, is a really cool guy, and he has very kindly sponsored our podcast. So thank you very, very much for that, Jim. They also do a poker night in there. All sorts of things going on at Oasis Root Carver Bar. 561 Music is sponsored by Live Music Community. It's where we film the podcast that you're listening to right now, and it's also where I work. Gavin, Hector's son, was a student here for a long time, and in many ways he's the musician he is today because of the teachers at Live Music Community. We taught him not only about his instrument, but also about being in a band. And his band, Unemployed Youth, accomplished a lot of goals, mostly band etiquette, how to work together, and all of the nitty-gritty that goes into being in a band on a day-to-day basis. The student signs up for lessons, learns their instrument, joins a real band, and decides the direction it goes in. And we can take people from very young age, you know, six or seven years old, all the way up to 80. You know, there's no age limit here. Um, We've run an adult program for people who want to be in a band as adults. But really, the main focus is on the on the kids and getting them playing together and in bands. Um, We are also a studio, a live stream venue, and we can record audio or video. The Killbillies live album, Warts and All, was recorded here. It was recorded during a live stream that we did during COVID. Justin had a great idea to record live streams during COVID. A ton of bands came in and it was a real success. Um, But outside of that, we can record albums. We can help you with your EPK. And we have full audiovisual capabilities here. LMC is in Palm Beach Gardens on the northwest corner of Military Trail and North Lake Boulevard. It's north of the gas station right before you get to North Lake on Military Trail. And if you go to livemusiccommunity.com, you have all the information you'll need right there. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, um, I think I want to touch on a couple of things before um, I let you go. One of them is um, uh, in terms of like Sonic Boom 6 has, has always been a, I mean, largely been, not always, but largely been, you know, a, a DIY experience and uh, certainly was at the beginning and you know I don't know where you're at with it now but um you know it's the backbone of Sonic Boom 6 is really just doing it doing it yourselves at one point doing it ourselves and um mm-hmm. I, can you just speak to that a little bit and like how, you know speak to your experience of like you know the beginnings of Sonic Boom 6 and, and how we did it well I, th- I think it's to me that's what punk is to me right because people always ask about punk and how that fits in and how you call yourself a punk band and 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 and, uh you know different variations of that and i generally you know you you do when you do get asked the same questions you you you'll end up coming out coming with answers and then over the years you sort of refine not only your answer but your actual thought process and you're thinking about it and then you don't want it to be like facile, but the, the, I think what I'm always drawn to in in terms of DIY and punk is the idea that art you the way you are is any expression, right? And it's how the the person receiving it perceives it and interacts with it. And, uh, and 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 whether they like it, whether they hate it, and how they react to it, that's it's all it's all art. And um, the beauty of punk, I because I, we always you always have to go back. It goes back to progressive rock. There's all there's this cliche, and there's, there's as with cliches, there's a certain truth in them. Yeah. But the cliche that you know came to blow away Floyd and yes, you know and. Uh, 
you know, there's the big cliche of Rick Waitman on the skates and Emerson, Lake and Palmer. The, the virtuoso side of rock music as a spectator sport got so pulled away from what people, you know, were, 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 were able to do, mere mortals that aren't musical professionals or virtuosos, sorry. And then punk came and from day dot said, no, we can, we're the kids. We can do this ourselves. This is valid expression. We're going to go back to rock and roll. We're going to go back to four chords. Um, and we're going to print these fanzines ourselves. And this is self-sufficient. And not only does that paradigm sort of be this thing where this is how we create it, but I also feel that, that is, it's incumbent on people that that's how you receive it. You receive something with an open mind. And with 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 also Sonic Boom 60 was always this thing that it was a it was a challenge. We always got this thing that it's a Marmite band. But to me, it was like it's not a love or hate thing. It's uh do you remember the first time you heard the streets? Do you remember the first time you heard um has it come to this by the streets? I, I remember because I'd read about streets, okay? I'd read about him, whispers of him in hip hop stuff in the enemy, and I heard it was coming. I remember where it was. I was at um, the, the, uh, the, 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 the surgery I used to work at, and it came in on the radio. And it was a very sort of primitive, raw sounding garage beat, almost a simplistic sounding garage beat, but it was still catching, it had a hook. And then he started rapping on it. And that rap is like nothing you'd ever heard. In yeah. fact, it sounded to my ear, which was not tuned into it, on a level that, where I had the full context of what he was doing as an artistic expression. To me, it sounded bad. I reject that he doesn't sound like a skilled MC. He doesn't sound like yesterday when I was at school, have a debate. He's like just talking. He sounds young. He sounds, this sounds bad. And I remember hearing it and almost being like, wow, like that is awful. And then yeah. as soon as I heard it again, and then I heard turn the page, dun, 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 dun. oh shit, this guy had this all laid out. He yeah, understood yeah. what this was. And it's, and you might not get it the first time. But if you get it a few, if you hear it and when you click with it, then it has its own law. It has its own yeah. thing. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it is, it's completely original. Now, I would never put Sonic Music in the same category as that because I put very few other acts in as, as an original as, as that album was and how influential that album was. You know, there's stuff at the time like Lily Allen that was that was great and very influential, but it did you, you heard Smile and you knew what it was, whereas yeah. the streets. So what I'm saying there is to take that back to punk, for me, obviously I'm I'm I think of punk rock as much of that school of bands like Talking Heads, Blondie, this unruly artistic expression of music, television from America. And then in, in 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 London, it was just more raw and we're doing it ourselves, we're the kids, sex pistols, the clash, the damned. But it for me, it's as much about going, find what is happening in that sound that you're not used to, because there is art there. There's interest yeah. there. There's stuff there happening. Don't go, here's how music sounds. This is how it should sound. The first time you hear something, explore why you're turned off by it or, or, yeah. or whatever. And I think that's what I love about punk. And yeah. to me, that's what punk is. Going, these, this level that we've set, this sort of scoreboard that you have to attain as a musician or as an artist is actually, uh, it, it, it's kind of falsely, it, it, through uh, repetition of stuff on TV, but through magazines, through through hearing stuff again and again, you've got these the, the uh, this mass understanding of what something should be. Now, there are bands that just sound amazing. It's like, you understand why Iron Maiden played to so many people in South America, because even you speak, that, that, that's just... That just works. But then there's other artists that are more esoteric and more, and, and people have to be, you know, gradually get to like them. And I feel it like, you know, the, the fanzines, the DIY element of punk rock is going, forget what you know. This is polystyrene going, I'm bonded. 
it sacks out that's was seen as completely out of tune and it changed people's you know perception of what is right and what's wrong and and yeah. I, I definitely think that we I, we were you were at music doing uni doing music and I was at uni doing music and I by the end of that experience I genuinely knew that I wanted to reject not in a malicious or spiteful way but I know that there was not a lot of people on that course that were doing that were getting so immersed in music that appreciated music like I like in the same way that I did because they yeah. thought a lot of them did think about having more notes being better on instruments and blah 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 and uh I think that you know with with, with punk rock it's a, it's it's about expression and it's about and then there's, there's just that street music that, and, and that appeals to me, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's absolutely right. And 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 I think that there's obviously people who, it's a huge spectrum in all different directions. There's obviously people who are more successful at creating something that's new and interesting than others. And there's obviously people who, who are out there hearing someone creating something new and interesting getting the wrong end of the stick and copying it and not getting it and all sorts of different things like that all mixed up in, yeah. in, in it. But like, um, you know, yeah, it's where you find the, you know, the diamonds in the rough. Exactly. Because it's not, I think I, one thing with, with me, with, with, and I kind of was all, I kind of was always like this, but I definitely, I think through the war of attrition of going, doing it, being playing when we was at uni, play with a lot of musicians and lots of different kinds of bands. You know, even through uni and I'm doing gigs with other with other stuff. And I know that through the, how hard we've worked at music and what you know we've done in the studio and the amount of work we put into it, I know I got to the point where I hear music on the radio. Uh, though I don't like Radio One. It's not that I don't like the music because if I hear something, instead of attempting, instead of going bristling at it, I will go, well, why is that finding its audience? And I do not for a second, if you, if you think there's such a thing as industry plants and you think there's no, there's people that have get, get legs up because, but if they didn't have the talent to connect with an audience, they if if there was such a thing as industry industry plants, then every band would be an industry plant because the industry would just. But no, if it doesn't resonate with an audience, if someone like Youngblood isn't talking to the kids, that he I might not be sticking on Youngblood tunes, but if I hear Youngblood featuring Bring Me the Rising, you're damn right I'm going to listen to it and go, what are those guys doing? Why is it working? Instead of rejecting it. If yeah. someone is connecting with an audience, I want to know why. And yeah. I'm very, very like that. I've never, I've never been on that tip. That music's not good. Even stuff that I don't like, like Motley Crue and Kiss and stuff like that, like, like that kind of stuff, I can still listen to it and go, well, that's a banger, to be fair. Do you know what I mean? I just don't like it on a certain level. But I think that um, you, it, it, in a way, it'd be nice to just be able to hear something that was quite big and go, I hate that, I hate that. But I, do, I tend to hear stuff and you go, if that's connecting with its audience, then you will know. I, that, that's why I find some sort of online or, you know, even I suppose it's the, online is the media now, isn't it? But music criticism, the sort of six form enemy music criticism is it's a little bit absurd in some in some respects because some music journalists are very good writers. So they're able to tell you why. You they you like some, but part of the brilliance of music is ultimately it's it, it's your it's your own. It's like the clothes you like to wear. It's, you know, it's all I, good. I agree, and, like and that, I, that's why I was writing for a magazine for a minute there, and and what I found myself doing was just saying how much I liked every single thing I was I I I, I came across <laughs> myself, and then I was like. Well, this isn't interesting to anyone because I'm not being horrible yeah. about it. But then I, I, I realized yeah. like, it's big. I, I, at this point, I wasn't always like this. I freely admit that. But now, you know, you'd have to try pretty hard to pl to play me something I wasn't at least interested in. You know, it's just yeah. um, I find music in general interesting, and 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 I, this has come. I want to say, 
I've been getting progressively more like this as I've been getting older. But since 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 get stopping drinking and stuff like that and starting to change my thought processes to I I I was I was a I, I had a thing in me that where I was like I could get kind of like jealous. I guess it was ego or something. I could get I could get this thing about about me where where I'd feel threatened by things and stuff like that. But I just don't have that anymore. You know, I, I can. We I, all I, we all do it, or we've all done it. Yeah, you 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 did so. You, you did so. I, I randomly would just hate this one particular tune or this one particular person. Yeah, you did did kind of do that. But then, yeah. you then you were always very open minded in in your bigger picture. But yeah, there was the odd tune where you just it, you just find it unfathomable. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like now it. it you know, you're right. It's it. Why, why do people like it? I mean, there's got to be a reason, and and it's ultimately, and people. It's connecting with an audience. And that what I find very unwise, foolish, that people think that everybody that's stupid. That so for instance, people might think that you know drill music is all crap. That's just the, but me off the top of the head, it's just the beat with the so that they don't understand that for any in anything. In, in any art, there's people that are, are good at doing it and people that aren't as good at wanting to... What is it about the good drill artists that's resonating yeah. with their audience? Yeah. What is that? You can't see that. See, you know, just drum and bass music, that, that was a key one. People would... It's just... And it's like, yeah, but if you hear that drop in a club and it goes... And everyone's like, you go, that's why he's... DJ hype. That's why he's, yeah. you know, a, a groove rider. It's like, uh, and some people, no, <laughs> it's all shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, Crazy. totally. Um, <laughs> Hector will tell you that country is all shit. But anyway, he's not here to defend himself, so I'm not going to be mean. Um, so, but anyway, <laughs> listen, well, um, I can agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, I've got, I've, I've got to go. Actually, um, I've, um, unfortunately, I have, I have someone I've got to record and. I can hear my dogs barking, so um, I better go. But thanks so much for um, coming in and chatting to me. It's been, it's always nice to talk to you. And I, I feel like I speak to you almost, almost, at least twice a week at this point. <laughs> but it's nice to actually sit yeah, down yeah. and hear, hear some, um, hear, hear some, you know, proper points of view from someone who is a deep thinker on music. And um, is there anything that, um, is there anything that you wanted to sort of say real quick before we kind of well, tie this okay. up? No, I mean only that. Like I say, we 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 did a little sold out tour in October. I'm very much back into it. I've got I've had a hard few years. I, I've had physical problems, I've had mental health problems, but I'm kind of getting my getting my stuff together. And um, we're going to be writing new stuff. So if you want to heard Sonic Boom Six before, obviously, list most listeners are going to know that Ben was in the band. But come and check us out on SonicBoom6.co.uk, and we're going to be getting new stuff out. And Ben's going to be featuring on it. I mean, I've let him talk to you before. I've got some ideas, and um, I think we need some saxophone. This is what you I see. I this think. smile that, no, that, is a, that is the that is the most genuine smile you ever see. It makes me very happy. Yeah, well, you know, I was watching a little video yesterday of us playing Piggy in the Middle on Marsh from uh, the Skints is playing sax on it, and yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, Yoko, <laughs> she. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna disparage anybody else that's played sax because we've had. Tons of sax players. We've had Pete. We've had uh, we had Longshanks, Dave. We had uh, uh, the, 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 uh, Squirty Bertie, Alex Bertine. Obviously, you the original and best. But I think Piggy in the middle, Marsha, Marsha killed it. Like did she just do the whole bit? The 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 yeah, bit the whole bit. And everything. Some, oh my god, I've got to check it out. Yeah, there's some, there's some crazy crazy bits on that. Your yeah, your yeah. tongue. I remember, uh, I remember you coming up with the piggy in the middle of the beginning bit, and uh, there was a song by a band called Sup, who Shawnee was in. In um, oh god, where were he from? Peterborough. I remember that. with him, and he said you were ace, but he sounded exactly like Cap Down. <laughs> it was just like it was just Cap Down worship. But he had a tune went, and you were like, yeah, that's good. And I was like, well, let's just do it with one note, and then bam, 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 and that became one of our biggest things. So. I, I, the, the, once you picked up the guitar, that was a 
the, the noodly sax was gone. There was we never did it again. But, oh, I know. I've got a tune that, that that needs some. It needs some hot noodle sax. But that very it, sax, like, that very saxophone that I, my mum and dad bought me when I was, was like ten years old is in really, really good nick right now. I just had it repaired. So it can be the original yes. Sonic Boom sax will be on it. And you, remember, you can hear on, on Piggy in the Middle, you can hear the, you can hear the tapping of the thing near the like. Yeah. And you were yeah, like, yeah. oh, I hate that. We were like, oh, it just sounds like percussion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have a chat soon anyway, just have a phone call or something. But yeah, so if, if you haven't heard us before, soundbeam6.co.uk, there's new music coming, it's going to be really good and uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, and and, and the one thing that I would say on, on it all is um, if just like Barney said, if, if you've never listened to Sonic Boom 6, it's not it's not really like anything you've ever heard. The, across the albums it goes into lots of different places I can't. I couldn't really say a band that Sonic Boom Six sounds like. It just is its own band. It's a super. I was in it for ten years. I think it's badass. So you should, you should, um, you should check it out. And um, and I'm super honored to have Barney on here. Very intelligent man who knows a lot about music. So if you if you find Barney on socials or on Twitter or whatever, he's usually saying interesting stuff about music. He knows a lot about it. And any other media that you can eat up with Barney or Layla or both of them talking about music, you should go out and find and listen to the band. And um, yeah, that's it, really. Um, I, I shall be speaking to you very soon, I'm sure. Yes. And thank you. Okay. Hang loose, bro. Take it easy. Dude. Take it easy. <laughs> See you later. Later. Thank you. Bye.